welcome to the Iron Trap Podcast. Or insert whatever title we come up with in the future. (laughs) So, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Our first guest is none other than Matt Murray. Uh, we couldn't we couldn't find any guests for that yes. low budget. So yes, no one wanted to join us. First first couple episodes are going to just be uh, Mike and myself yep. talking to each other. Yep, yep, yep. So kind of the same but different. Yes. <laughs> um, so we're going to do this uh, podcast a little different than other ones. Um, we're probably going to go in with like five preset questions that kind of are the same for each podcast that are twisted a little differently f- for um, different people. Um, Basically, it's going to be based off of what is your iron trap, essentially. Yeah, so the iron trap for anybody that's uh, new to our brand or our whatever you want to call it. Um, people, we always get asked, what is iron trap? Where we come up with the name? So since this is episode one, we're going to kind of go into that real quickly. Um, so iron trap, I came up with the name is basically um, I looked up, I was looking up terms or somehow came across um, like a it's a medieval torture device and it was basically termed as a a uh, device you could not get out of a trap you could not get out of um so to me that clicked in my head and that's what this hobby is usually when you get into whatever you're into collecting for us it's old hot rods old cars and and americana um once you get into it as deep as we are you cannot get out of it and especially with antique cars and hot rodding Almost everyone takes it all the way to the grave till the day you die. I've known people that had literally like a foot in the one foot in the grave and one foot in this world, and they were still talking about the next car they were going to build. It's just it's in you. So I think it translates into all facets of collecting. So with this podcast, we're hoping to eventually evolve from just automotive and get into people that collect all kinds of things. And with our second episode with Mike, it's going to be obviously focused a lot around beer junk. Uh, old junk old beer junk <laughs> so um that that's the idea so the iron trap we're going to use that term a lot in this podcast of what is your iron trap what that basically means is what do you collect what is the you know thing that you're obsessed with and uh yeah that'll... and we're going to do a couple episodes as well with people that are just in the old car hobby that might focus on a certain um aspect of it metal shaping pinstriping that kind of stuff as well and that's kind of their iron trap which we'll do a couple episodes with some local people yeah in the future so it's not just going to be collecting there's going to be some uh car related stuff as well yeah and i think it's uh, the really the iron trap term is just something the thing that you get really into that your life literally revolves around and you'll probably take it all the way to your grave so some of the people we're talking about like they don't collect as much that we have in mind but their 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 job or their passion is you know their passion is their job so their craft is their iron trap because that's what their life revolves around and they don't need to collect a bunch of old junk like we do it's more creating beautiful pieces of art and knowledge yeah knowledge yeah so like episode 3000 will probably be at like knitting and arts and crafts and awesome and that kind of stuff so (laughs) get your get your grandma queued up yes yeah all right so we'll start it off with question number one what is your name what is your iron trap and what how long have you been uh obsessed with this uh trap so my name is Matt. Hi, guys. Uh, this is like an AA meeting. Yeah. Hello. I, I relapsed again. Um, so my iron trap is uh, just, I guess I would say, old um, cars and things that revolve around it. Um, I collect a lot of different stuff, but if we focus really 
really fine on what I'm into. It's definitely specifically early hot rods and customs and, and early Fords as far as bodies go, car bodies and, and things like that. That's probably for the most part what I'm really into. But as with everything, it bleeds out into old tools, old signs, and that all kind of goes back to the uh, old you know, transportation. So uh, pretty much everything around here is going to be revolving around that. Um, as far as how long I've been into it, um, I mean, I've been collecting old car stuff heavily since I was probably in high school. Um, but what the type of cars or the type of stuff I collected uh, you know, kind of changed over the years. And probably about 10 years ago or so, I, I kind of like made the decision that I was going to really just focus on old, you know, American cars, specifically like pre-war type stuff. Um, so I kind of, before I bought my place, I kind of like started selling off all my different stuff. I had like vintage motorcycle and old European cars and parts and just like a little bit of everything. Uh, the same way it is now, just uh, envision Volkswagens and German cars. The yeah. exact same amount and like yeah. craziness just into yeah, vehicles. like German motorcycle and whatever else. It was, it was, so I, I, and as I got American car stuff too, it was kind of like I had everything and it was like I didn't have the time, money, uh, interest to handle all of that. So I went all in on this stuff and yeah, never looked back. So it's been 10, 11 years. A lot of people think that it's like that I just meet that don't know me, think it's like yeah. multi generation, you know, type collection. I've literally collected all this junk. In a decade. In, in a decade. It's yeah. kind of crazy. So you, too, can be a hoarder like me. <laughs> yeah. Ten years, you can ruin your life. Yeah, when Matt and I first <laughs> met, it was right at that transition phase. He was still into Volkswagens and uh, Audis a little bit, and you were just getting to that point. I was, I think you just got the Pagoda City Coupe. Yeah, I had my, I had that Dodge pickup oh, I, right, bit, Dodge I pick built up. for Eastwood that I had for almost since I started Eastwood. I, I worked at Eastwood for like 11 years or something. And I got that like my first year there. So like, you know, again, I had, I had some stuff. I got in some fifties cars. I had a 50 Chevy and just stuff. But I really, you know, once it started to get to be too much, I just made the cut and sold pretty much everything except for this style of stuff that you see on the channel. And that's definitely where my happy place is for yeah, collecting. Definitely. Cool. So number two, what was the switch that made you go all in? Um, I think I talked about this on a, another podcast I was on, but basically as far as the stuff that we're really into, um, that I'm really into now is I worked at Eastwood and when I started working at Eastwood, I started traveling a lot and I was getting to go to LA um, to go to basically visit um, Hot Rod Magazine and all the publications. At that point, magazines were still alive. And there was all the publications. And it was kind of like the end of the, the magical era of magazines where they had all these buildings and we'd go and you know do presentations for the company. But what it did is it allowed me to be really... Um, I was able to experience all the different types of the car hobby because they covered everything from tuner cars to low riders to hot rods to muscle cars and racing. So like me going to all these buildings and seeing all these cars and meeting all these people, I met like every facet of the hobby. I got to really see like the coolest stuff. So, um, you know, we would go to these different areas and be like, I'd see a, like one of my earliest memories where I went to like a low rider, like cover photo shoot, super cool, you know, and I got to meet people and see that stuff. And I, I still think that's really awesome. That wasn't the switch. Really what it was for me as far as the early for the hot rod thing goes is we went to visit Chip Foose's shop 
Um, he does like an unsaid um, like lunchtime tour, which I think is a little more publicized now, but back, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. If it wasn't publicized, you just publicized no, it. That's pretty publicized, <laughs> I think. But basically, you would go, like somebody took us, you would go and um, you would wait at the gate. And then when all the guys in the shop would go to lunch, the one of the gals from the front office or whatever, she would open the gate, walk you through, and you actually got to go in the shop walk and see the cars they were literally building and working on then and then they would take you into the gift shop and you'd buy t-shirts all that so we did that super cool and i visited a bunch of shops which was super cool but right after that we went like right down the street there's a little like sandwich shop i mean around here i call it a bodega but it's not it yeah. wasn't a bodega but it West was like Coast people have no idea what we're talking yeah, about <laughs> i don't think that's a thing but it's like a little tiny like sandwich shop you could buy whatever I don't, I don't really remember a lot about the shop but we walked outside after eating a lunch or getting a sandwich standing out and this like super heavy metal flake red i think it's a model a i can't remember anymore if it was a 32 model a coupe rolled in i think it was channeled chopped sat real there's low. a photo somewhere on your social media isn't there yeah i think i did post a photo off the go back 15 years into Matt's Instagram. I might have it somewhere it. in my Facebook or something. I don't know. But anyways, this car pulled in. It was super cool. Dude just looked like the coolest guy on the planet rolling in. Everybody just stopped what they were doing and stared at that. And the car was, you know, a nostalgic, probably more of like a 60s style car, but just like the impact of that car and how it sat and how it looked and sounded. And then when he, you know, drove away, it sounded awesome. I was like, that thing is so cool. Like, I'm selling, I was like immediately like, I'm going home and I'm selling everything I have and I'm building me like a Model A coupe. They're so freaking cool. And that's when I really started diving deep into, you know, the the hot rod side of things. Before that, I had my 50s pickup. I have a 50s Chevy. And I was like doing the, you know, the like street rod custom thing. And then my, my 50 Chevy was like a mild custom. Um, but when I saw that, it was like the hot rod thing, just something about it. It was so cool. And I, and I came from... You know, when my high school years and in my 20s, messing with their early German, with the German cars, they were small, nimble. You put a fast engine in a car that doesn't weigh a lot. And I try and translate that to people that, like, I know from back when I was messing with that stuff in high school and whatever. It's the same thing. You're getting a small car that's lightweight. You take all the extra crap off of it, and you put a faster engine in it, and you make it handle better or steer better or whatever. So it's the same thing. Like, well, it feels just as sketchy getting in one of these and ripping down the road as it did like a '70s Volkswagen Rabbit because they were literally the same amount of shit. They're like the same weight. Yeah. Everything's the same. You you die the same when you crash in them. Uh -huh. <laughs> but that was a switch for me. Like that particular car, I just remember making me want to buy build a coupe, Model A coupe, and that's what started the journey of gathering parts to eventually build the Pagoda City coupe. I bought uh, a junkie. Model A coupe body and frame with a cool old more drop axle from uh, a friend in Jersey, actually the rich that I bought the uh, the meat truck from. Um, I bought that from him the same winter. And really that body was like a used up dirt car body. It was junk, junk. I probably have a photo of that somewhere too. I'm sure I'll find it. I'll answer that here. Yeah, really, really bad. So um, I ended up just basically getting rid of everything but that front axle because it was a really cool more drop axle and it's on the car. Now, um, so oh, it's the same one that's on the same, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, juice brakes, everything on it was the same oh, cool. stuff. And I kept the front axle. I sold. I, I found the Pagoda City Coupe, and then I sold that stuff off, you know, right away. And that's when I started building my own frame and, you know, developing what I wanted the car to be, which you know is now what you see. Yep. 
So, um, do you know what started your obsession with like collecting back in like high school, early twenties with Volkswagen stuff? I've always, and I don't know if it's how I grew up. Um, it was like, we weren't poor as a kid, but I like, my dad was frugal and like, he worked a lot of hours. We Your didn't dad what, was frugal. He is frugal. My dad's super frugal. My, <laughs> Still dad, frugal. my dad's such a freaking cheap ass. It's ridiculous. <laughs> now I can tell him that because I'm an adult to his face. Yeah. I'm like, dad, you're a cheap ass. Um, but like when we were kids, it wasn't like we had like all the coolest video games and all the cool stuff. So when I got, when I started like realizing that I could work and get my own money and then have things, I just started like collecting right away. So like I was really as a younger Younger kid, I was, I was really into baseball cards and football cards, so I really liked. I literally have that like flipping mentality and entrepreneurial mentality since I was a little kid. I, so I like, I used to get the Beckett um, book that gave you the prices of all the sports cards, and I had a subscription, and I would every month or week read it, and then I would look at my cards, and I had a little notebook, and I would write down oh, how much money I had in baseball <clears throat> cards. So I'd be like, I have $575.60 in baseball cards. I'm rich. Yeah. And then my dad would take me to these. Um, back then, it used to be like the Comfort Inn, and they would have like a baseball card swap meet or whatever you want to call it. And I would like buy and sell. I would go there and like trade a guy or buy something or whatever. So I was like collecting. This is like 10 years old, yeah. 12 years old, you know. And, um, and then it, you know, progressed as it went on. So I don't know, like. I've always been that way. So when I, anything I've gotten into throughout my life, I always want to like collect, find the rare things. So even when it was baseball cards, it was like, I still have a bunch of my baseball and football cards from being a kid. And it's like, you know, Walter Payton rookie card. Like that wasn't as rare then. as Matt's it holding a Babe Ruth yeah. autograph card on us. I do have some Jordans, oh, some, really? some Jordan cards nice. that are worth a couple bucks too. Um, but like, it was just the, the, the chase, you know, yeah. I was like finding these cards and whatever. So it's the same thing now. It's just gotten into things that are bigger and more expensive and not necessarily more expensive baseball cards are starting to come back they're pretty expensive now. i should look into <laughs> cashing them in for we could buy some more 32s i could buy a 34 five window coupe yeah <laughs> all right so um number three is kind of a uh, a silly question to ask you because it's all publicized out there in videos uh what are the key items in your collection i think it's still i get this question quite often because people are like what's your favorite yeah. car thing whatever um, that's really hard to say. I, I, my generic answer, I usually tell people when they ask us at a swap meet or an event, whatever I'm working on that day, we always laugh because, like, every time we're shooting a video and I'm working on a car, I'm usually, like, we stand back at the end of the day. I'm like, man, this thing's so fucking cool. Like, and that's, like, at that moment, that's my favorite vehicle, you know, or my favorite thing. But I don't know. That's, it's hard to say. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, I, it's hard to pick one item. I have different items for different reasons. There's some stuff that – like some friends have given me that are very close friends that have gifted me some rare stuff that are very important to me just because of the, that connection. Um, I mean, right now it probably is the 32 Roadster. Just, it's like such a magical car. Yeah. So, so that'd that, be, that'd that be your favorite car. Yeah. Favorite thing. Like well, pick out a, a piece of speed equipment. That's like key. I don't know. I have that. Um, I have that Marshman supercharger, which is. Have we shown that on the channel before? I think so. I don't know. And until like a few weeks ago, um, I had the only known one in existence. And then someone contacted me in an estate that has two. And I only have one that's like a piece. The ones I have, 
The one I have is an unfinished casting. It's cast but not been machined. Um, and it's some wild in intake that has like a tube on it. And I guess a blower went inside of it. It's kind of odd looking. Um, and we can't find any history. No one else has one. The ones that I've seen that this other estate has, I think are both of them are not fully finished. So that's cool because I found it literally locally. And that thing's pretty neat. It's probably my most rare piece because like even the old guys that have everything that walk in here they zero in on that they're like i've never heard of that thing what is that thing I'm like i don't know but <laughs> i was hoping you could tell me yeah i hope you could tell me but that's probably the most rare you know like holy crap thing um you know like the fixed in intake on my coupe is i um gene winfield sold me that he pulled that right out of his hot rod room so one year at grand Na uh grand national roadster show i was building the coupe and I, I didn't I didn't have a high <laughs> excuse me high rise, and he was like, oh, you should have asked me. Like, uh, okay, Gene, do you have a fixed in or a high rise intake? Well, yes, I do. I have one in my in my guest room, the hot rod room, and he uh, gave me a price which was very affordable. I bought it, put on the car. So like, there's stuff like that that like just looking at it, you wouldn't know that it's a neat, you know, history. We'll have to, to write that down on paper so at your estate sale it can be put in. Yeah. The Putting the auction list. Yeah, I should have had like a Gene like stamping or something. <laughs> like we had Gene sign the my English wheel. Like he didn't sign that thing. He painted it, and I knew the whole story. And then one time he was out here again. We were doing a class with Eastwood, and I'm like, he's he was like here at the shop, and he's like, I never signed that thing, did I? Give me a marker. And he's like, we got a photo of him signing it. And there's all. a newspaper clipping sitting on it with uh, when it was at his shop, right? Yeah, there's a magazine uh, when he does like the show at his shop in the fall every year. And there was, it was, I had sent him an English wheel from here that he found. And then he had just gotten it. And then mine was there just painted. And they were next to each other at his shop. Somebody sent it to me and I ripped it out and it's sitting around. But it's a photo of the two of those sitting at his shop, which is pretty cool. Cool. So number four would be, uh, what is the one item that got away? We could, we could make this two two parts we could do uh like speed equipment stuff since you're so heavy into that and then car too i know the car one really mm -hmm. the packard yeah that is it <laughs> damn you know that um so the one that got away um the car is also one of the things that made me kind of get more serious about buying and selling um so I went to this big auction. I think it was in Maryland, like northern Maryland. I don't remember. Like 10, 10, 12 years ago. I mean, I just started at Eastwood. I didn't have a lot of extra income. Um, but I was starting to go to farm auctions, and I was, like, buying and selling a little bit. And I, didn't, I don't even know if I had a pickup truck then. I had, like, a station, like a Volkswagen station wagon. And I was buying and selling, and we'd, we'd fill the station wagon at a farm auction. And then I would, like – Maybe I had a pickup truck then. Fill it. I'd go home, and then I'd list the stuff on Instagram and sell it, and I was making, paying my rent. It was pretty sweet. Um, so I went to this big auction that the guy was an antique car collector, but mainly Packards, and it was this huge farm. And my mind, I didn't open my mind at that point of, like, just buying and worrying about it later. I always tell my friends that, like, if it's a good deal, you buy it. You figure it out later. Because Not even that. Just anything in life. <clears throat> if you ask Matt for advice. Figure it out. Yeah. Just you'll Make figure it, happen, it out later. Figure it out. Yeah. yeah. So I was at this auction um, and they were selling like 40 foot trailers full of antique car parts because there was so much stuff. The auctioneer got lazy and was just like, all right, selling the whole trailer. And it's like full of like 
chrome packard bumpers engines packed and the sale was busy but not as big as you would think for how crazy of an estate it should have been like a three-day auction they packed it in one day auctioneers do this a lot and they were selling like i remember the one trailer they sold it for like three thousand dollars trailer you got the trailer 40 foot semi trailer the contents all of that for it was like two or three thousand dollars and i'm like there's got to be like you could have just scrapped the trailer for like a thousand we could really use that trailer for storage right now (laughs) so anyways fast forward through the auction gets towards the end there's a bunch of cars there's a model a roadster that somebody buys that i thought was cool but i didn't have enough money and then they're going through all the packards and there's a 32 packard coupe with the uh the little door in the quarter panel for the um the ski the oh yeah golf club stuff and um they actually got it to run before the auctions. They started it up. It ran. It smoked a little bit, but like barn find type thing. Not rotten, just perfectly shitty. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I had like literally $2,000 to my name left after the auction. And that's including paying my rent. You know, like I literally had $2,000 left. I ran the auction to $2,100. <laughs> and, and I didn't win it. And I was like. I probably could have got the money. I, you know, I, I, maybe I did have the money, but I like, I, I kind of like hesitated because I was like, well, how am I going to get it home? Same with the 40 foot trailer of parts. I was like, how do I get it home? What am I going to do? Blah, blah, blah. And I like, so somebody bought that car and then literally like the next week I sold it on eBay and it went for like $18,000 or something. What the, was, do you remember what the car sold for? I think it went for like, no, it, it was sold for like $2,300. Oh, okay, like I right was over like, your bid. I was like the next bidder, and it went for like whatever the dollar amount was. It was right around $2,500 or two grand. And the dude sold it for something. It was like over $10,000. 18 sticks in my head, but I don't remember the number. But I like literally watched it on eBay. He didn't even take it off the trailer. Like I was so annoyed. I'm like, that dude just trailed <laughs> it home, put it on eBay, just like copied the listing from the, the farm auction and was like, you know, 19, whatever pack, 32 packer, blah, blah, blah. I was like, are you kidding me? <coughs> like I could have made like a ton of money. And that like flipped the switch in my head. I like bought a trailer and I just started going to auctions. I would just buy all kinds of shit. And like, I'm like, I don't even know how I'm getting this home, but that was a good deal. And I'll make a bunch of money. And I, you know, you make three trips or whatever. And now it's evolved into our channel where we just show up and we're yeah. buying box. Make three days. trips or call Mike. Be like, Hey, what are you doing this weekend? I need help moving some yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the car for sure. Because it was a big chunk of money and I was there and I could have made the money. It's like, you know, it, it was just, it's like being at the casino and you could have pulled the handle on the fucking yeah, jackpot. You get up and, from the machine and walk to the next yeah, and one. And the guy walks, sits down behind you and hits it. And you're like, are you kidding me? So that, that was definitely the car. Not necessarily because I wanted it for me, but just because it was like, it would have been almost life changing money at that point. Yeah. I was barely paying my rent. So, um, parts, I don't know. That I missed out on. I can't really think of. I know which. I, I can answer this question. Oh, me. actually, I think I do know. Uh, is it the Arden? Yeah, the Arden okay. State. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, this is another time. Many years later, I'm pretty good at buying and selling. I still was like, "What am I going to do?" So I went to the the auction. Everybody, a lot of people have seen the video. If you watch our channel, I'm sure you've seen the video. I'm unloading my truck after an auction, and I bought the Arden. I bought the Arden heads. I bought multiple blowers, Scott blowers or ITAL blowers and all kinds of great stuff. Made a ton of money on it. You know, got some great stuff to keep. But at that auction, there was like an insane amount of speed equipment all going for very cheap. And I had to pick and choose because, again, I was like I had eight or ten thousand dollars to my name 
you know, to play with. At least then I was smart enough. I was, I was like, hey, I got a mortgage to pay. I got to keep like my mortgage. You had like a slush fund that you could play with. Yeah. Just so like- I was like, this is all I have. I, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. So literally I bought one set of art and heads. And then the second set I could have bought. Um, cause the guy that was, that was bidding against me is a reseller. I see him all over the place, but like, he's not a car guy. He definitely didn't know the real value of them, but he had an idea and the heads were selling really cheap. I'm talking about like, I don't know. Under, under $5,000. Yes. Think. Under yeah. $5,000. Yeah. Well under $5,000, <laughs> but there's, there's uh, a lot of people currently shutting the podcast <clears throat> off cause they yeah. hate you. <clears throat> and I had already bought a bunch of stuff, but this was like literally the first hour of the auction. And I'd already spent like 60% of my money buying like two towel blowers, said art and heads, this, that, boo, boo, boo. And I'm like, I only got this much left. And there's like the whole rest of the day. So I like backed off a bunch of stuff in the garage. And I was like, after, after the smoke, and then like, I didn't get those heads. And then he sold them. Actually, Ron San Giovanni, Ronnie Roadster, it's doing my engine, got those heads Later, he ended up buying them from the guy, and then he built an engine with them, and they're actually on an engine and running, which is cool, but I could have two sets of heads. Yeah, exactly. And I was super bummed because it, it, I could have had them, and I was like, the whole time, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I don't know if I have enough money. Obviously, I didn't want to write a check and bounce it, even though auctioneers usually don't cast a check till like the next week. And I got home, and uh, an older gentleman that hangs out with us, Joe, he's, a, he's become a very good friend. He's you know, older, well-off, whatever you want to say. He's, but he's broken in the head like us with collecting. He goes, why didn't you buy everything and then just come home and ask me to borrow money? He's like, I know you're good for it. I would have I written you a check and covered you. He's like, you should have just bought it all. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I probably should have called Joe. I was like calling. The worst part was a buddy owed me some money. He owed me like two or $3,000. And I called him. I was like, dude, you need to get down here with that money like now. And he's like, I'm busy. I can't. I'm like, you need to get here now. And he never came. And in reality I, sh- reality, I should have called Joe and been like, Joe, I need to borrow some money. Can you front me? Yeah. And he would have, Joe would have been like, no problem. He would have been like, whatever you need, if you're going to pay me back, just do it. I could have shut that auction down. I could have, I'd still be paying Joe off though, yeah. to be honest. Like, That's I, another uh, testament to auction companies not always doing their job. Mm-hmm. Because that auction, there was literally zero photos of anything. Any speed equipment. There was nothing. So we, we've told that story a bunch of times. Like I... We were supposed to go drag racing at the Allentown Drags. A night before, I looked at the photos or the day before and saw that there was some broken Halibrand quick changes in the scrap metal pile. And then I saw the edge of the Halibrand Indie wheels, which I actually own now. They were in the attic of the one building. And um, I was like, you know what? This seems pretty good. I should check this out. And if it's, if it's not, I'll go, to the, you know, I'll go to the drag race and get there late. And then I got there, and it was amazing. But... There was so much stuff at that auction that I missed that was like incredible stuff. So, so we were talking about the other day, a set of Howard Heads. Howard Heads. There was the, the guy that bought the Arden Heads, the other set, he killed at that auction because he has no emotional attachment and he's strictly business. He bought, there was a pallet lot and there was all this, this stuff, okay stuff. You know, I, bid the, I think I bid the pallet up to like 100 or 200 bucks. There was a trash bag on the pallet. I didn't think to open the freaking trash bag. And I'm walking away after he won it for, let's say, $125, whatever it was. And I kicked the trash bag, and it was solid. So I, like, peeked as we're walking in the next pallet lot. And there's a, a flathead McCullough blower kit in the trash bag. He, he won all these parts, which was worth more than $125, plus the blower. 
Like, the dude killed it. He bought all kinds of great stuff there, and I'm sure he made a killing. I made a bunch of money. I got to keep some stuff. But, like, if I had more money or I was thinking differently, I would have just bought every, I would have bought everything. I would have I figured it out. And now, if I got in that situation now, I feel bad if somebody's in an auction. <laughs> yeah. I'll, yes. I'll be calling, like, wealthy old guy friends. Yeah. Like, we... We, we, I need to owe you for like, can I, can I trade you my house? Yeah. It's so, a great business deal. I tell you. Yeah. So there's a, there's this auction coming up and I need a hundred thousand dollars, please. Yeah. I need as much as you'll loan me. <laughs> so, all right. So the last question, which is actually gonna be really hard for you to answer. I'm excited. We, we filmed this before, uh, like a year ago, trying to figure this out. And you had a hard time answering it, and we found even more stuff since then. Oh, so what is the North Star item? Yeah, that's another one that I would get asked quite often. Um, I know what your North Star item right now is, like what you've been jonesing for. I don't even know. 34 Roadster. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm jonesing for it. That's just like the um, – I got that old blower engine that we – you know, we bought the Beasley estate and I was able to get that engine, which I kept for me. Um, Again, emotional attachment problems. Yeah. Yeah. People think we make lots of money. No, I just keep all the profit and we barely scrape by. So um, that, that engine was our profit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess North Star for me at this point in this hobby is probably historic cars that have not been discovered. It's like a very convoluted answer. I, I, I don't want a car that like, if I hit the lottery, it's not like I'd want to go and buy the XYZ Roadster that was found by somebody and restored. And, and a lot of guys have great collections. That's what they do, which is fine for, for me. Part of it being a North star is that it's undiscovered and we find the history or we find the car. I want to drag the car out of it. I pay a lot of money to buy crap that is in bad condition and in terrible situations to pull it out. So yeah. um, the 32 Roadster is literally, that's like North Star type deal to me because it was a real deal, old hot rod, a lot of history that we're still trying to figure out. And we, we not found it, but like we were the ones to be able to actually pull it out of its tomb yeah. and bring it back. So at this point, anything that's North Star would be like some crazy Dry Lakes car. Or like I know the a, perfect local car. The one, uh, the Philly Philly Modifiers drag car. The one that had the devil's face on the oh, grill shell. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. disappeared. Satan's Coop. Satan's yeah. Coop that's never been found. Yeah, it's been recreated, I think. Um, I forget what shop recreated. Was it Philly Modifiers? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was a Philly Modifiers car. It was the Satan's Coop, um, and it had a big devil on the grill shell. I think it was 32.5 window. Yeah. Um, yeah, a car like that, like local history – xyz that would be like ridiculous <laughs> I, I, my favorite thing to, when we go into these estates like we see something for the first time is watch matt try to contain his excitement <laughs> so he doesn't seem overly excited in front of the family like oh my god holy shit i can only imagine walking into a garage or something like that the first time you just see matt like ah, ah, heavy breathing just trying to keep himself composed. i got a pretty good poker face I've, it's fantastic i enjoy it so much uh, over the years i've gotten really good at like I mean, not that we're like lying to the family or anything. It's just like you don't want to, you know, you don't want to show your cards. So if I walk in there and I'm like, "Oh my God, this is the coolest thing I ever found yeah. in my life." I've like, always wanted one of these. That means I'll pay a lot more money. Or, yeah, you know, whatever. So, um, yeah, like it doesn't have to be a specific car, but like 
if it had some kind of local history, Philadelphia, Reading, Pennsylvania, Berks County, like I'm really, you know, obviously like Berks County type stuff. So there's a lot of history in our area. Boyertown Road Knights car. Yeah, like a like an early Road Knights car. Even in Pottstown, they had some cars that ran at the uh, Convair Field. Oh yeah, drags in Allentown. There's some Potts. There's a Pottstown club that had a drag car, and there's some other cars that ran around. So like, if I could find a car like that that was in a magazine or, you know, in a show and there was some history. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, but I, the, the caveat is I want it to be unknown. I don't want it to be like, like we, I know a guy, Hank, that lives in our area that's had this 37 with a Packard grill on it that's uh, an old hot rod. He's in the Wheels of Time Club. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know Hank, which one. Hank's yeah. one of the original members of with Road Knights. It's got the flames on it, yeah. Cadillac engine. Yeah. So like him, like that car – he knows the history. He has photos of it in the 50s at an indoor car show in, like, Philly or something. Like, that car is cool, but it's not as exciting if I find it because it's been known about – everybody knows that car. Yeah. The only thing that would be ex- exciting to me is if you returned it to how it was in the 50s. But, like, how he has it is yeah. cool, too. So I went, But I think that would be cool to be like, you know. And we, we've, we've had some leads on some stuff like that. I've gone to look at a car recently that – is literally that type of car and yeah. it's really exciting but like you know it's always a process but um some of the cars you don't know until you get them and then you start finding out like yeah um, like the 32 5 mm-hmm. window we didn't yeah. we didn't know where it went we know larry owned it and that's it there was no other information from yeah. there and through the channel we were able to decipher that it was a drag car in maryland in the 50s before larry bought it and all that stuff so yeah and i think uh, i i also think it's super cool with the channel that i i hope we're making more people aware of how important the history is of some of these hot rods and yeah. stuff like that. And that's what makes every one of these cars so exciting when people are finding them, whether it's me or, you know, another person that's finding an old hot rod there. Like you got all that, the fun of finding the history and what it had and the parts it had. It, it's another layer to it. Um, that's really cool. And every car is so different. That's why we love this stuff. So when you find a car, it's like, I could find every car is going to be different and going to be equally as exciting. So yeah. if I find a 32, 32 two-door sedan next week that's an old drag car, that's so exciting because it's now you find the history. Of yeah. It. So uh, yeah, I don't I don't have a specific car. Any of the cars that are like my favorite cars ever are all mostly found. found yeah. And I definitely couldn't afford them. So. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Even if I could. Hit um, is there any, is there any like speed equipment that's North Star? Um, there's nothing you would give your next unborn child for to, to <laughs> own. I think, uh, probably if it was like a, a really rare, like overhead valve conversion or something like that would be neat for a V8. Um, like CT automotive made, uh, like three sets of heads or two, two sets of heads that were overhead valve conversion. Okay. And there's like, there's the Alexander heads. Yep. That there's one or there's maybe two sets known or something. There's one set that's on a car running. Yeah, like in Lehigh Valley. Yeah, really cool. So like stuff like that would be exciting to find, and we've been lucky enough to find like finding those uh, Federal Mogul copper bronze heads. Like those are North Star for me for sure. Were now I have them, which is great. But like nobody knew that those existed because the dude got them from his father. He inherited them from his father, who put them on a car in 1940, and then took them off with the McCullough blower, and then literally second generation stored yep. them for his whole life. And he was in what 70s? He was like seven years. He was up there in age. So like this guy stored it till later in his life, 
And finally, I said, you know what? I'm not going to do anything with it. And he sold them. So, like, these, this set that we bought came out into the public eye that nobody even knew existed. And, you know, it's really exciting. Yeah. So, speed equipment's tough. I think, it, it, again, I'm, I'm super fortunate and thankful that we found so much cool stuff that at this point, I'm almost like... <laughs> he's running out of things to buy is what he's saying. No, I'm just... It's not that I'm jaded. Like, I'm still super excited when we find yeah. rare stuff. I just have made a decision, which you know, years ago that, like, I'm only keeping the best stuff for myself and for my collection. So when I'm building a car like the 32 Roadster, I'm not just going to put an Offenhauser intake with a set of Offenhauser heads, which are totally cool. Yeah. But, like, if you got all this rare crap on the wall, why put the you know, on a car that's a keeper, Yeah. why do that? So that's why it's kind of exciting with the channel. We're like building these cars and it's like, I just go in my personal stash. Yeah, definitely. It would be way more boring if I was like, hey guys, we're going to build this Roadster pickup and we're going to put a set up, brand new Offenhauser heads and a brand new tool Let car. Let me go to the Speedway catalog and page to the intake Which section. Which is totally cool. If you're a sane person, that's what you yeah. do because the stuff's easy to assemble. And We are all psychopaths. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, speed equipment, I think if it was some kind of rare overhead valve conversion or something obscure, you know, some intake again, it's like one of one or yeah. one of two. It's also hard to think of this stuff because you have so many different, like you have flathead collection, you have, you know, Cadillac, you have olds. So it's probably depending on what car you're working on that has that engine. Well, even like, Cadillac, I don't know, like the Rotophase distributor would have been my answer. And last year I bought, we bought that collection. Yeah. I bought a whole collection so I could get a distributor. And an intake. And an intake. Yeah. Oh, the, the horn. horn. Yeah, but I could have got that. They're around. Yeah, it's true. The rotophase was the thing, and it's like I'm buying a lifetime collection for a distributor. <laughs> like, really? That's so that that's you know, I've gotten a lot of that stuff. So at this point, it's probably a I lot of know. stuff is an understatement. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, but I think at this point, to me, it's more that extra layer of it having some sort of historical significance. You know, this is the. This is the intake that was on the car that, you know, this is the actual high rise that was on Vic Edelbrock's car that he ran in his roadster at the dry lake. Like the heads for the three window. Yeah, we haven't talked about that a lot, but. We'll just not talk about it. We'll yeah. leave that on. We'll leave people wanting more. We're still finding history. But yes. We think the Arden heads I have have some pretty significant yes. history in racing and Arden. We'll, we'll say that for the next Arden update with Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. But that is a exciting thing. Like, it's it's all like bits of information and i'm like i'm more geeked out about that than finding another intake because yeah. it's like it the the like in fact we found we think i think i might have found a photo of my heads on the actual car at the driveway oh, really one, one of my don montgomery books the other night oh so i sent it to ron and ron's like i'm pretty sure he's like that good chance those, those are your heads because of the the date the picture was taken and the information he's been digging up so, like, that stuff is super exciting. So if I could find, a, you know, more items like that that have yeah. verifiable history, whether it's a part or a car, that makes it way more special. I and mean, yeah. that's like... There's going to be little placards upstairs I'm going to have to type up real small with the, all the story museum. of yeah. each part. Like, this was found here. It came off of this car. It was run here and there. And now I own it. And it's repeat for every yeah. item. Yeah. At first, I thought us, I wanted us to be a church. That's why we're... Yeah, that's why that's why people message us on Facebook and Instagram because <laughs> I I have us registered on Facebook and Instagram on our fan pages as a religious organization, yes. <laughs> and, and we're only it, open on Sundays as well. Yeah, and, and people <laughs> like I did that way back in the beginning of starting the channel just as a joke, and somehow 
I, I guess they can't really take it down because they like they will send messages to to our fans every now and then and say, can you verify that this is this information is correct? And people will message us and be like, yo, your your Facebook account says you're a religious organization. Should I like tell them to change up? No, 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 that's right, correct. Keep that. that. That's right. So. Yeah, I wanted it to be a religious organization, but maybe a museum would be. Yeah, people. they're both tax exempt, so whichever we can apply for, yeah, that would be I'm fan- great with. <clears throat> That'd be fantastic. So cool. Well, but, is there anything else you want to talk about? Any other stories? No, I think that's that's a good uh, good run here, and I think it sets the pace for other ones. Yeah, um, I think those questions will be super fun for everybody to hear what they say yeah. and what what it is and. I know for me, as being a collector, those questions are really hard. They're and, super open-ended, like very open-ended. And, and I, I, we don't want to – I don't really want to give people the questions ahead of time because that makes it even harder to answer. Yeah. Because, like, if you, know, if you sit there and, like, think about it for long enough, I could come up with some, like, fantastic answer. But me just, like, blurting out something just stupid. Just pull out a notepad you've written down, a five-page essay for each yeah, answer. Yeah, that's not – that's lame. We yeah. want it. We want it to definitely be candid, just like the channel. So I think it'll be cool. Um, if anybody has a great collection or, or knows of anyone with a knows great of collection. anyone with a collection and it doesn't specifically have to be hot rods, it could be whatever motorcycles, it could, you know, signs. Yeah. Whatever it is. Um, I think it'll be really interesting. I think it'll be cool. I don't know if we mentioned in the beginning, but we if, totally forgot to mention, I was going to say it earlier and I was like, we'll wait till the end. Yeah. If you're, if you're listening to this, we're also going to be offering it on a video that's going to show some photos of the person's collection or stuff, or even like we were referencing some historic stuff, whatever. And I think it'll add into the video. So we'll, it'll be cool that you can actually watch it as well and listen yep. uh, on YouTube. And it'll be a nice way to tie it all together. Not everybody likes podcasts um, and not everybody wants to watch YouTube. So yep. you can do it either way, but listen and watch both. Yeah, do both just to help us out. We yeah, would appreciate really it. Yeah, But this is just another thing we're adding to our plate that would be yes. really fun. And as we travel, it'll be cool. Yeah, we meet so many people as we travel around the country. It'd be nice to sit down and have more of a, a one-on-one conversation versus filming with a camera. Sometimes you miss... Yeah, Don't ask, think, ask the right questions. I think we're we're gonna go a little different direction than most podcasts, like a lot of podcasts. And I listen to you do too, like social media, like how to podcasts and stuff like that. They're always like, if you start a podcast, find like the most famous person you can to get your podcast noticed, and blah blah blah. I actually, we already have a following a little bit, so we're spoiled. But like, I want to find people that haven't done 700 podcasts like yeah like maybe in our area like our buddy pete we're gonna do one with him we've already talked to him and like a lot of people in our area really know pete and we've shown him on the channel but like he hasn't done 800 podcasts you don't even know what a podcast is i don't think pete knows what a podcast pete is. just got a smartphone like five years ago <laughs> yeah, yeah it's that so that's uh so we're gonna do some people like that that haven't done it before, and I think that'll be interesting because it's a whole new story. And, yeah, I you know, mean, all that what's stuff. nice about this is like every town in America is has a guy like Pete. Yeah, that's the local like hot rod legend. Yes, that has an insane collection. That unless you're from that town, you have no idea who that guy is. Right. You're like, oh, I've been to this guy's place. He got this crazy stuff. Do you know who so and so is? You're like, I've never heard of that guy. I don't. I don't know who you're talking about. Right. Yeah. So I think that'll be fun, and obviously they have to be okay with us. Yeah, showing a little bit of their stuff, but I think it'll be really fun. So again, if you have something or a lead, uh, that will be cool. We already have like a giant list of friends 
and local people and even just people with some of our trips coming up in the spring that we're going to easily be able to hit. So I think it should be pretty fun for the next year. We're going to try, try our best at this. Yeah. I don't know how often we're coming up. Yeah. We haven't, we'll figure all that stuff out in the background. It'll be in the beginning. Like we met. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But thank you guys. Appreciate it. Catch you later.